we all have this superhero that lives within us. We all have this resilience within us. And, and it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are, or what mistakes we've made in the past. listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. This is the community that believes that we chase purpose, not money. And that's because we believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, not the one that says that wealth is all about money and material possessions. The real one, the one that says that wealth is about the condition of well-being. So around these parts, we call ourselves purpose chasers. And I am so excited about this conversation today because I believe it is going to give you the grit and grace to keep going after your purpose. This conversation, whew, it's, it's been one of my favorites to record so far. You are going to be so nourished by this conversation with Amberly Lago. Now, before we jump in, Let's get to the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You got to affirm positivity. You got to affirm abundance. You got to affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is, I choose to handle life with grit and grace. Life is full of ups, downs, twists, and turns, but no matter what I face, I make a conscious choice to face what's before me with courage and resolve. I know that success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. So when life hands me lemons, I fight to find a recipe for sweet lemonade. I know I won't always be motivated, but I know that consistency beats motivation any day. I look for ways to show up for my mental and physical well-being daily in preparation for the unexpected. I give myself permission to be both persistent and patient, depending on what is warranted in the moment. Declare today, I choose to handle life with grit and grace. Today's guest is Amberly Lago. Amberly is a peak performance coach, TEDx speaker, podcaster, and a leading expert in the field of resilience and transformation. She is the best-selling author of True Grit and Grace and the founder of Unstoppable Life Mastermind. Through her book, Coaching Methods and Masterminds, she has curated unique tools to teach others how to tap into their superpower of resilience and elevate their lives and businesses. She's also the host of the Grit and Grace podcast, which I love, and I'm so excited to have her here today. Without further ado, here's Amberly. Amberly! Oh, I'm so excited to finally get to connect with you again. I've been looking forward to this, and so thank you so much for having me on. Yes, welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast. Finally, um, we had a lot of scheduling uh, going back and forth between both of our, you know, our, our hectic schedules, but I was so blown away when I met you at the Align Conference in Arizona, right? We were in yeah. Arizona. We were in Arizona. Uh, yeah, and I have not Brooke Hemingway. I haven't stopped talking about you since that event, by the way. Really? Yeah, yeah. So like for all your amazing listeners, you are just such a beautiful person in every sense of the word. And you're exactly what you share on your podcast and in your post and what you show up to be like on social media and on, you know, online, you are that and more like in person. And I will never forget when I had a moment of freaking out, I was about to go on stage and I went into the bathroom backstage and I saw you and I looked at you and I said, I'm, I'm so nervous. Um, my friend Dan Clark came to hear me speak and it suddenly put the focus on me instead of what I'm usually focused on, which is 
the people I serve. And you said, well, do you want me to pray for you? And you held my hands and you prayed with me and for me. And that touched me and shifted everything for me. And so I just want you to know, I share that story and how amazing you are with so many people. Like it just makes me emotional thinking about it. So I'm truly grateful to get to know you and be blessed um, by you and your friendship. So thank you. Ah, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. And I honestly, I feel like that moment was just so divine um, because I just ran into the bathroom like quickly. I don't even, I don't even. We didn't even know each other. Yeah, we didn't know each other. (laughs) And I was just running into the bathroom quickly. But I, but before you even said it, I could sense like, are you okay? Like, you good? Um, And so it was my honor to pray with you and for you. That was. And then you you got on the stage and I couldn't stay for your whole talk because I had to get to the airport, I think. Or no, I had to go do homework. <laughs> I kept telling everyone. Something, yeah. I gotta, yeah, I got to finish my MBA homework. I can't stay. I had like a deadline to turn in a paper. That was my life. I'm done now, Amberly. I'm done. Oh, um, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Yes, but I saw the beginning of your talk and how you sashayed up on that stage dancing and doing your thing and you were just like a ball of energy. So it is so it is definitely my honor. Um so let's dive in. So I know that as a personal trainer, a wife, mother, you're just a woman of many hats, right? Mm-hmm. But you also have this powerful story. Um regarding an accident that led you down this path of grace. Can you kind of walk us through why you do what you do? Like what led you to this point? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, if you would have told me, you know, even six years ago that I would be doing, have a podcast, sitting here recording an, an interview with you, have a book, be speaking on stages. I would have been like, Oh no way. Cause my whole life, I lived on the dance floor. Like, I'm sure you couldn't tell that by me. <laughs> I was dancing up on that day, but I like to have fun. But I used to be a professional dancer. Then I lived my whole life on the fitness floor when I was in the fitness industry. And I was very old school. Like, I didn't have social media. I, I didn't even own a computer. Five years ago, I bought my first computer. I didn't even own a computer. So... Um, when I hear, you know, you, you do the introduction with my bio and things that I've done, it's like, wow, you know, I have fallen and failed and pain has been my biggest teacher. And I think that, you know, having a near death accident and overcoming so much has really taught me that how powerful the human spirit is. And when we focus on not just how we're going to do something, but why we want to do it, that anything is possible. And my whole life was completely changed when, you know, I was at the height of my fitness career. I was doing infomercials sponsored by Nike. I had trainers that worked for me and I had built up this successful business and married two kids. My youngest was um, two and my oldest was going to be a freshman in high school. And on my way home from work, I just trained clients. I just ran the best time of my life. And I was like getting ready for, um, it was Memorial Day weekend, hopped on my motorcycle And, you know, there's like this sense of freedom when you get on a motorcycle and you can feel the wind going through your hair and the sunny, you know, California day and everything changed in the blink of an eye when I got hit by an SUV. Um, I was thrown 30 feet and I remember just sliding across the asphalt and it all happened so fast, but at the same time, it almost feels like slow motion because I can recall every detail from the moment I looked down at my leg and saw it just crumbled into pieces to, you know, the people that didn't rush over to me, they kind of looked at me like a horrified look in their face. They were just scared to come up to me because there was so much blood. And, and luckily there was a man who had courage to come over and he saved my life. He put a tourniquet around my leg. I didn't know it at the time, but my leg, my femoral artery was severed. And so I was bleeding out, 
and, you know, rushed to the hospital. Um, the last thing I remember uh, before they put me induced coma was yelling at my husband who was in there crying. I'd never seen him cry. Now he is this big, strong man. He's, he was a first responder. He is retired now, but he was a Lieutenant commander mm. um, with the highway patrol. So I had never seen him cave or, or, you know, cry or be hysterical. And I yelled across that room, honey, get over here. I need you to be strong for me. And this beautiful nurse that I have, you know, become friends with since her name was Shaniqua and she had this beautiful long hair and she leaned over me and she said, I'm going to give you something to make you feel all better now. And I just remember that was my first kind of sense of, okay, like there is an angel in here in this room with me. Mm. And, um, I was put in induced coma and I woke up a little over a week later being told that um, basically they were going to have to amputate my leg. I had a 1% chance of saving it and they were going to go ahead and have to amputate it. And, you know, that just made me think like I, when I'm looking back, I was like, oh, 1% chance. So there's a chance like, okay, so you're telling me I got a chance. And I think that you know, a lot of people wouldn't have looked at it like that. They would have been like, Not okay, well, I guess we're going to amputate, but you know, running was my life. Fitness was my life. It was my livelihood. It was, um, my passion and my purpose. And I could, I know there's plenty of people that have had amputations that go on to live, you know, thriving lives. And honestly, who knows, maybe I would have recovered a lot faster because I ended up having 34 surgeries and in and out of the hospital for years, but they put my leg back together and through it and through the pain and overcoming it and still living with some pain, um, I've learned some of the greatest lessons. And now it's what I do is your question. Like what I do is my greatest passion is, and purpose is to show others that we all have this superhero that lives within us. We all have this resilience within us. And, and it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are, or what mistakes we've made in the past or our past. We all have the ability to um, make choices. And we, when we realize we have a choice, we take our power back. Mm. I'm just... I, I don't have words yet and I'm rarely speechless. Mm. Just you going know. back, going back to even when you talked about the 1% mm -hmm. chance, the mental fortitude that you had to have already been practicing to be up against a scenario like this and still see possibility, right? Mm -hmm. There are people who could have heard you have a 20% chance and they would have said, oh, so I must go through with an amputation. Mm -hmm. They would not have seen any possibility, any opportunity for recovery. They wouldn't have seen that. Mentally, how do you explain being able to, to do that, to do that. Well, you know what? A lot of times when we are going through really difficult challenges, when we're going through dark times or we feel like we just keep hitting roadblocks or, or, you know, it's life's not fair or all these things. Um, I feel like everything that we go through is actually preparing us for our greatest purpose. And I feel like growing up, you know, I, I definitely, was the underdog a lot. I didn't have a lot of people that supported or believed in me. You know, we didn't come from a lot of money. So I started working when I was, you know, well, actually eight, <laughs> I started babysitting at eight years old, which is just insane to me that I was, people trusted me with their kids. <laughs> but I mean, um, I was sexually abused by my stepfather. And when I asked for help with that, I didn't get it. So it taught me a great lesson that if I wanted 
something, if I wanted my life to be better, it was up to me to make that choice and take the steps for it to get better. That I had to be willing to do the work. And also, you know, being a dancer and an athlete, I think helped develop that resilience, that mindset and that grit because man, I, I had my two biggest mentors growing up were my, my dance teacher who I finally got to see for the first time again um, last month. And I told her how much she changed my life in such a positive way, not just as far as like learning to dance, but the mindset that she helped me develop and the skill set and the entrepreneurial like wisdom that she shared has helped me for the rest of my life but you know the the track coach I remember running track and I'd be in Texas it'd be 100 degrees 100 percent humidity and running around the track and you would have to throw up sometimes and the track coach would just be like off the track to throw up and then you keep running like what do you need to do to get better and condition yourself so you don't have to throw up around the track like you better get her done the dance teacher would be like well I don't care if your your toes are bleeding the show must go on so are you going to be able to do this or not do you want this part or we can have your understudy cover for you so I developed a lot of grit and I was there's not a lot of things that I can say I'm really good at but I'm good at grit to a point where it's sometimes I get in my own way with it. I've had to learn to give myself grace. I've had to learn to listen to my body instead of shoving down the pain, stuffing it down, or just trying to cover it up or pretend it's not there. Um, But I think that um, resilience is not just about mindset. I think it's heart set. I think that it's skill set. I think that it's soul set. And I think that if we can do, like, I love Patrice, I love that you have these pillars of success. And I think that affects us in every, in every way and everything that we do, but it's really important. I had to, my mindset helped, but then I had to adapt and kind of reapply things and learn things sometimes the hard way um and some of the things that I'm still learning you know I mess up I'm not perfect I'm 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 learning and I I love to learn and grow um in fact before we started recording this I was like what is that you're using oh well and you're like I'll send you that info and I'm like yeah and I was sharing how important it is to really you know, surround yourself with other people who have already gone, like been through something and they are really thriving uh, or, or people who have accomplished what you want to do and invest in their coaching program or invest with their mastermind or, you know, um, have a mentor, how important that is. So we continue to learn and, and grow and, Because I feel like resilience isn't bouncing back. It's really having the courage to move forward and choose a life of of joy no matter what happens. Because things are always going to go, you know, not always going to go perfectly as planned. In most cases, they actually don't go as planned. But do we have that resilience? Do we have those pillars, which you talk about so much? strengthened so we can get through that process. That's it. That is it. I know that, you know, I often say when I'm asked on a podcast or an interview, someone says, what's your superpower? I also say resilience. I would say resilience is my superpower, that ability to just keep getting back up and the courage, as you said, to get back up and have the audacity (laughs) to think that you can thrive again or try again, whatever that looks like for you. And I know that we kind of have not not nearly similar stories, but what I love is that there's so many examples of what resilience look like, looks like, because sometimes I think we don't show ourselves the grace that you mentioned because we're in comparison with other people's stories, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes it's like, well, I should be able to just push through because Amber Lee 
went through this or because Patrice did that. And while I like the inspiration, sometimes I think that we can weaponize other people's stories of resilience against ourselves when we don't take the time to cultivate those pillars and know for ourselves what we need. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Because like, I, I hear that like, oh, well, it wasn't that it wasn't as bad as her. So I need to toughen up. And there's yes, there's that idea of like, yes, you want to develop your version of grit, but you also want to have, I think, a greater awareness of what you have the capacity to handle. I think that you had great capacity built, whether it was the track, <laughs> whether it was the track coach saying, get off to the side and vomit and come back or the dance teacher like, okay. You're bleeding, but so what, what are we doing? Like everyone doesn't necessarily have that type of grit built up in their backstory. Mm -hmm. And so. But you can build it. it. But you can build it. That's what I wanted to get to. But but be aware if you haven't built that muscle yet so that you can start to build it. But don't shame yourself if you don't have it yet. Every other month, I attend a Super Friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even menopause. Yep, you heard me, menopause, because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you. But we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, we discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony, and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. Yeah, you know what? And, and I relate, I mean, I understand that resonates so deeply with me. And I think that nowadays especially with social media and stuff and there is a lot of comparison which it is the thief of joy man that can just shift your day if you start getting into that comparison game um and you never really know what someone's going through but i i will say we all have a common thread of we do all experience some kind of pain it may not, and I pray that no one who's listening, I, I pray you don't ever get hit by an SUV, but I feel like a lot of us probably feel like we're hit by something over these last couple of years, whether it's in our relationship, whether it's mm. in our finances, um, whether it's in our confidence, um, that kind of stuff there, I'm shaken up. I mean, my, your confidence, your resilience, it can be just like, shaken up in, in a day, but if we do things to work on strengthening it every single day, and like you said, there, we might not have a backstory of having great mentors uh, running track or being a dancer and, and that, that backstory, but we do have the ability to develop our grit every single day. And I think that that starts with these tiny, action steps and these promises that we keep to ourselves every single day. And that starts for me the minute my alarm goes off. When my alarm goes off at 5 a.m., um, if I push snooze, that's one like kind of, uh, I'm not trusting myself to get up. I'm, uh, it's a notch against my confidence. If I get up and get my day started, I'm like, yeah, see, I got this. I know I'm capable. I know I can get up. Um, and people ask me a lot, like, wow, that seems like a lot to get up early and to have this morning ritual of, you know, writing out what you're grateful for and sharing that with a, you know, a group of friends and, 
and to, to read. I mean, I have the newest book I'm reading right now. It's right on my desk. It's called The Everyday Hero. I love Robin Sharma. I have, you know, I have my uh, abundance gratitude, you know, gratitude journal right here on my desk because it's a part of my day. And people say that seems like so much to do to meditate and to work out and, you know, to like have your supplements, like everything's right here. It's a heck of a lot easier than living a life of misery. And I say that because I've done both. I was in a place of misery. I had, I had hit that, that wall or bottom where, and I decided, I, you know, I remember my grandfather saying, you've got a shovel in your hand. You can lean on it and pray for a hole or you can start digging. And I'm like, well, okay, I need to pray and I need to start digging and getting to work and making my life the best that it can be. And we all have the ability to do that by these little action steps, these promises that we keep to ourselves starts to build the trust. And over time, before we know it, we're more resilient. This super power and that light in us starts to shine bright and we start to feel more energized and people start to see that we're feeling better too. And notice, hey, what are you doing different? Mm-hmm. Ah, you're just taking steps every day to feel better and do better and serve more. That's it. That's it. I truly believe that that grit is built through the everyday choices that we make. And just like you, my my morning routine is such a catalyst in that on a daily basis. I notice that when people say most often like, oh my gosh, you're glowing. That's usually the days that I really took my time for me, I didn't let the day start to, you know, just take over. And before you know it, you look up, the whole day has gone by. You haven't made time to eat nourishing food. You haven't made time to stop yeah. and pray or be in gratitude or meditate or all of those things. And so I just make a choice, a conscious choice daily that that's how I want to start my day. And I always kind of pray like, God, let other people see your light right in me or on me so when people are acknowledging that you're glowing i truly believe that that's god's light that is god i feel that you see it because i take the time to cultivate it i take that time i don't ask for permission for that time anymore and i know as like a younger mom when it was like i just want to can i please get just 10 minutes to myself when i started to shift and say, I'm, I'm going to wake up earlier if that's what it requires, but this is the time I'm going to take. Or in the evening, I'm going to break off and I need to go have this time in my prayer closet, whether it's to journal or to meditate or just to praise and worship by myself or whatever that is. It makes such a difference. And that is the thing that I truly have, like feel like my confidence has been built in. It is that sense of like, you know, when I work out, Amberly, funny thing. When I look in the mirror, I'm always like, you go girl, you did that for you. You took time for you. You invested in you today because I do pour out to family, friends, clients, to everyone else. But what's the thing that I do for me? So it's not just the vanity of it. It's the, this is for me, I took time out for me. And I believe that that confidence is built into my ability to even enforce boundaries with people because I just value myself more. Like it has shown up in so many other pillars for me, but it just, it starts with that. Yeah, Yeah. and I I love, okay, I just, I can't wait to just ask you so many questions on my podcast. (laughs) I just, I am, I just am hanging on your every word that you have a prayer closet. Mm -hmm. I love it Um, because the, I used to go to my closet and it just made me think of something I used to, when I was at my worst, when I was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, there's no known cure. It leaves you in constant chronic pain. And I had tried every kind of treatment. And I mean, at one point I was on 73, cause I counted them 73 homeopathic pills a day, along with 11 prescription medications, nothing was working. And I just stopped taking everything. And I, I realized I started drinking a lot and I used to, I'm sober now, but I went through from, you know, a lot of shame and overcoming, you know, like admitting that, holy crap, this wine that 
I felt like used to kind of cure the the pain for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I now am dependent on that, but I would end up going to my closet and it would be like my drinking closet. And I realized that now it is like my prayer closet and I have my Bible in there. And it's so, the reason it's this has hit me so much, I think is because even this morning, and this might sound kind of, wacky woo-woo to people but I even like saged out my office in my closet today my husband used to think that was so weird now he's just like oh there she's like saging her stuff you know but I I have that time for myself and it does help with boundaries but I don't know if you do this but I have to put that time in my calendar like physically write it in. So I also have my paper calendar here. And if I don't write that time in for me, then I tend to book myself out doing other things. And so what's really helped me is yes to starting my day and ending my day with gratitude and prayer and, and, but writing out those times. So I do feel like there's a boundary. Do you write out times? Absolutely. Absolutely. When I started podcasting, I had nothing. No fancy equipment, no cover art, no theme music. I just had this burning desire that I was supposed to use my purpose of helping people redefine wealth in the podcasting space. And so with some intentional planning, I launched what became the Redefining Wealth Podcast in just three weeks. That was four years ago. And today the Redefining Wealth Podcast has over 9 million downloads. We've interviewed everyone from celebrities to entertainers to authors and thought leaders. We've been featured everywhere from Success Magazine to Cosmopolitan and even Good Morning America. Now, why do I share all that? Because I'm not special. The truth is this started with leaning into my purpose and being willing to use my voice in a powerful way. And I bet that there's something that's calling you as well something that you need to use your voice to amplify in the marketplace. So I wanna help you do that. If you're finally ready to use your voice and launch a podcast that aligns with your purpose, I wanna invite you to check out my intentional online training, Podcast with Purpose. You can find out more details at podcastwithpatrice.com. That's podcastwithpatrice.com. Your purpose deserves to be amplified and I wanna help you do that. My calendar is literally set up by the pillars. So when you look at my calendar, you'll see like first thing in the morning, it says faith. And then it says like prayer, meditation, journaling, whatever that is. Um, and then you'll see fit if, and I move it around based on when I'm going to work out. But for me, it's on there so that it is scheduled just as importantly as any work pillar activity that I have. It, it deserves the same level of respect. Right. So we tend to think that faith or time with our family or um, us working out or, you know, doing something to take care of ourselves that we'll squeeze that in when we can. Mm. And then our lives reflect that. Like it reflects that you're trying to like squeeze in or I'll I'll find time. It's I realized years ago, I'm not going to find time. I have to make it. It's amazing how time almost expands to allow you to do it all. Honestly, like when I started to make sure that faith and fit and people were on my calendar, it's not like all of a sudden my work suffered. If anything, my money pillar actually increased because I became more selective about the the quality of work activities that I was doing. And I think that when we don't schedule it, we allow our work pillar to consume our calendar with busy stuff. Oh, you're so right. You are so right. And that's the exact same thing that I have felt. And if I, you know, I think when you know those pillars and or values, um, mm-hmm. and you can get, if I can get some really important work done, I can get so much done if it's un- in, uninterrupted. So I put things that are like, I have deadlines or whatever. I put that in a time where I know I can turn notifications off. My family's asleep, uh, wherever I'm going to get that done. But also, yeah, I think that if I, I I messed up Um, last year, I started letting my pillars Mm -hmm. 
my work pillar kind of take over and I wasn't, I wasn't connecting with God as much as I needed to or need to. Mm-hmm. I wasn't connecting and serving and other, and it, I felt it and I started hitting a wall again. And I'm like, Ooh, that's, I don't ever want to be at rock bottom as low as I ever went again. And so I think it's so important. And that's why I love what you share. And I feel like that's probably one of the reasons why we connected so instantly is because we, although our stories are different, we do have a lot of the same in common and how we go about things. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think the pillars, not, I think, I know that the pillars are just like guideposts, if you will. It's just so when you are feeling stuck or you're feeling that, Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm crashing, <laughs> like uh, something's off, something's not right. I always tell, you know, my clients, you think that it's a work thing or you think that it's a money thing, but I always want to invite you to just take a step back and go, am I taking care of myself? Is Am I mentally and physically okay? Because maybe it's a fit pillar thing or are my relationships becoming such a distraction because I'm not saying what I need to say or, you know, I'm not being honest or having those radically honest conversations or is this a faith thing? Oftentimes, I truly find that when I clean those areas up, everything else is allowed to flow. Mm-hmm. And and the pillars are just, again, they're just a reminder of places that you can look to instead of being in beat up about, oh, I'm so bad. Oh, I'm not the best speaker or, you know, or, oh, yeah. why is the podcast doing this? Or, oh, why whatever oh, yeah. that is for you, whatever your career is, right? A million things we can tell. Yeah. For us, it's the same thing. Like, oh, like why? Oh, why? I didn't book that job I was on hold for. Oh, you know, all these things. And like your pillars are, I have a quick word that reminds me like a checkpoint for me. I call it pacer because I need something quick. Like what am I skipping out on that I need to do? And pacers uh, stands for perspective, acceptance, community, endurance, and rest. And perspective is like, how can I shift the way that I'm feeling right now? Because I can be feeling good. Then all of a sudden, you know, I get a call from my agent and she's like, oh, you didn't book that job. And then I'm like, I'm, I, I suck. That's why, you know, like, I'm just like, what's wrong with me? You know? And so I'm like, no, how can I shift my perspective? Like, okay, I am grateful that I have an agent. I'm grateful that they were interested in me sharing my message. And I'm grateful for this one job that I already booked and I get to do today or whatever it may be. But Mm -hmm. gratitude is the quickest way to shift your mindset and get you focused on what you can do instead of what you're, you know, can't do or what you do have instead of what you don't have. Um, Acceptance is, there's a lot of times where I think we need to be in acceptance for what is going on in our lives and be aware and how can we, you know, give ourselves a little bit of grace and compassion instead of beating ourselves up. And also when we share that with person that is C for the community is probably the next part of Pacer. Like I'll go, am I trying to do all this alone? Like, who do I need to reach out to? Or if I'm having a little pity party, that's okay. But for a minute, then I need to get over it and go see how I can help somebody else that might be going through something even worse than I am. And so how can I serve? Um, And it takes endurance. I mean, that's the next part of Pacer, especially as a mom and entrepreneur, uh, wife, or all the other hats that people wear. And I, like we've talked about that, that morning ritual helps with that, but it also, people ask me all the time, they're like, how do you stay motivated? And I'm like, I don't. In fact, I'm not motivated often, but I'm consistent. And that's a word, Amberly. That is a word because most people will wait until they're motivated and it's not that. You will not always not be motivated happen. every day. It's not going to happen. You don't always feel like it. That's just, we're not, we're not superhuman. We're resilient, but we're not superhuman. I don't always feel like it, but yeah. I know that my purpose requires my consistency. Exactly. And when you develop those habits and you stick to them, that's 
how you don't rely on motivation. You develop your willpower and your persistence. And then I learned the last part of Pacer, which I had to learn the hard way. You know, I just wanted to call it Pace. And I learned after being in the ER six times in, in a year and being septic from an infection that went bad. I had kidney stones that passed and I was still at the gym trying to work out. And I learned that in order to be resilient, it's rest is not like a luxury. It's a necessity. And we have to strategically plan times for recovering and refueling. And I really look at rest as a part of my business strategy now. Like, am I sleeping enough? Am I taking a break in the middle of the day? Um, because if I'm rested and if you treat anything like you were to treat, if you were a pro athlete, athletes rest and recover so they can do a good job. That's how I treat my business now. And I mean, I look, I monitor on my phone, how much REM sleep did I get? How much deep sleep? Um, I have my friend the other night was like, why is your phone blinking and lighting up? And I'm like, Oh, that's my alarm telling me to get ready. It's time to wind down. It's your bedtime. I have the same thing. I have the same thing. It starts at 10 15. It's like, girl, 10 45, you need to be under covers. 11 o'clock yeah. in, in your sleep sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mine, mine's earlier. Good for you. <laughs> I, so mine would be earlier if I was not doing TikToks in the evening in like, Oh, you're so good. That's yeah. awesome. Most of these, me... most of these TikTok videos never see the light of day, but it does tickle my daughter for her to teach me the latest dance and well, just that's watch so me do cute. it. I love that that it tickles your daughter. You know, the only reason I got on TikTok was because my daughter was like, "Oh, mom, you're too old for TikTok. You should not do TikTok." And I was like, "Well, then, I am definitely going to do TikTok." And I mean, I like put my phone up and I, I thought, where are my tap shoes? And I hadn't worn them in 10 years. I didn't even know if I could tap anymore with my foot being, you know, full of metal and my ankle fused. I was trying to put that tap shoe on. And she's like, mom, I don't think that shoe fits you anymore. I'm like, oh, it's going to fit. And I started tapping and I did a little tap dance and put on there. I'm so excited. This is the first time I've tapped since my motorcycle accident, I didn't know if I could tap again. I had 34 surgeries and never give up because look what I can do. That video got like 640,000 views or something. And I'm like, why am I not on TikTok more? So oh you've inspired gosh. me, Patrice. I'm not kidding. You've inspired me. I'm going to do more TikToks because I don't know about Girl, you. But I you don't even do them. Like I, my page is literally just there so I can stalk Reagan. Like I need to... <laughs> That's how actually, I started my Instagram. I need to actually get involved. But while you're on that, I have to say that I love following you on Instagram. That is where I do play. And not too long ago, I even saw you respond. And I think it was to a TikTok, but you posted it on Instagram too, to someone who said, why are you showing your leg? Because your leg has has the scars right the visible scars um and someone said something like why would you oh they that? they said why are you showing your leg don't ever do that again I, I was eating and I almost puked is what they said and I have to say it actually it it made me chuckle I know that's crazy it made me chuckle. And the only reason I barely knew how to work TikTok, you know, but I found out there's a way you can respond for a video. And I saw other people responding by answering. And so I wasn't trying to like call him out for being mean. What I was trying to do is tell other people, look, there will always be naysayers. There will always be doubters. There will always be people that won't believe in you and they'll tell you don't you're crazy go you better hide you better not shine your light too bright you better just sit back down go in the corner I've been told that my whole life and I worked my ass off to be able to feel comfortable in my own skin again and now right. instead of looking down at my leg with disgust like I used to I used to hate myself I used to be so filled with shame 
And I did a lot of therapy, a lot of journaling, a lot of crying and a lot of um, mindset to hacks to just learn to be comfortable in my own skin. And so now I show my scars so other people know that they can heal. And I look at my scars as the victories that I have mm -hmm. won and all I've overcome. And so I did this video to show others that there's going to be the naysayers out there. Let that make you believe in your message even mm -hmm. more. And we need that as women, especially we got to use our voice and we have to support other women in using their voices too. Because we need more powerful women. And in fact, um, you know, my husband, I was going to bed with, with my book and it's another book written by men. And I love men, don't get me. I love men, but I love women too. And he's like, there you go, going to bed with another man <laughs> again. <laughs> and I'm like, well, honey, when we have more books written by females, I said, I'll read them all. I said, this just happens to be the book, but we need more female best-selling authors, New York Times author. We need more female speakers like mm -hmm. you and I are speaking. We need more female speakers. And so, yeah, I'm just figuring out TikTok, but I kind of went on a little tangent there with what I was saying. But... No, I, I think it was awesome. And for me, Watching your reply to that, it reminded me because my first thought was, I know Amber Lee has done so much work on herself, her mindset, her beliefs, her, you know, I know she's done so much work to accept what, what her, where, where her leg is. Right. And I, when I met you, you had on the cutest little mini skirt. It was a cute little black leather mini skirt, honey, and your boots. And we were outside kicking our legs up and taking pictures and, I just, I was like, I just love her energy and how bold and powerful you come across. And I'm thinking, you know, she's done so much work and this, like the audacity of someone to say such a thing, but it made me think of all the work that I had to do, you know, going to therapy and, and toughening up mentally, right? Because I grew up feeling like the ugly one and the ugly duckling and you know, hiding, it trying to hide blows my features. Yeah, but it's, it's true. <laughs> like, thank you. you. Thank you. But I, I had to do so much work on that. And I remember when I went to, originally I thought I was going to work with this little publishing house to release my first book. And I remember the person who was in charge, I had created this mock-up of what the book could look like. That was a part of keeping me like motivated at the time to like just get it done. And I had this consultation and one of the first things that they said was that I should not put my face on the book because it would not sell. It would sell more if it were just text. They and told me the same thing. Yeah, really. Oh, but yeah. I remember going first of all, feeling like some kind of way and then thinking, I've done too much damn work on myself. Like I've done too much work on trying to build, I don't even wanna say rebuild, build self-esteem um, in my 20s at that time. And I'm just not gonna settle for that. Like I know, like as a matter of fact, I'll put my face on everything that I do because <laughs> I want to like, no, you know? And I think that no matter how much work we do, we do get to run into these types of folks with their opinions. And I mean, you know, it's a free world, people can say whatever they want, but this is where I realize we really get to test how we really are. Like, I love that you said that you chuckled, like, well, you poor, poor little tink tink, as my daughter would say. <laughs> poor little tink tink. You really thought you were doing something with that, right? Now, when people come to my social media with that foolishness or they have, you know, these grand opinions, I, Amberly, I'm like, I've done too much work. Like, you may get me, you know, some things may be like a little sucker punch in the moment. Yeah, yeah, that what happens. It used to take it happens, but what used to take weeks for me to recover or days for me to recover or it could ruin my entire day mm -hmm. now is like a minute of like, huh? And then I get to compassion and I think, poor little Tink Tink, you haven't done any work on yourself, so mm -hmm. you like, like you, you don't know yet that that is completely unacceptable. Um, yeah. 
and I actually have compassion for you, but I'm not going to let it unravel all of the work that I oh. have invested in who I am today. I just, I can't even let it ruin my day like that. I have to move on, but I just love, I love that you responded. Oh, because well, I think it was a teachable moment for us all on either side of that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that I, I'll remember, I remember when, and you know, here's the thing. I think it's Brene Brown that says, um, share from a scar, not an open wound. Had I not done all the work that would have devastated me if someone comment made a comment like that on me about the, cause I used to hide the way that I looked. I was like, I will never show my leg. I will never let anybody know that I have any scars at all. And I was like, when I finally learned to accept all my scars and flaws and my humanness, it was freedom because it was like, I didn't let other people's opinions or their judgments or what they thought about me ruin my day, you know, because I knew who I was. And I remember when I got my first haters that, oh gosh, girl, I was on the, the doctor's TV and they did like a, a 10 minute interview and they condensed it to like two and a half or three minutes. It was short. And they cut out all the part of all these different treatments I had tried, like uh, spinal stimulator blocks, uh, ketamine infusions, like all that I tried. And they just said that I get through pain that you can get through pain with your mindset. So I had all these other people with complex regional pain syndrome they were coming out of the woodworks, like hating on me. And it was weird to be in this support group on Facebook and see people that know me and know my story and know like that I've made a difference in their life. And then battling about like people fighting over me. And it, I was like, oh, and I remember crying and just thinking, I can't believe people are saying such horrible things that mm -hmm. I must not know that I am a disgrace to the community, like horrible things. Mm -hmm. And my husband said, congratulations, you need to have people, you need to have people upset with the things that you're, you're saying. If, if you didn't, you wouldn't be out there saying something important enough. Like people are not always going to agree with you. And I really took that moment to pause and go, okay, but do I know that this pacer method and how I build my resilience to get through the pain? No, it doesn't take my pain away. It helps me get through the pain. Mm -hmm. And it really allowed me to strengthen my belief in my practice and what I do. And so but I, I, you know, in that moment, my husband was like, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah. He, you know, he's like, good for you. Yeah. I've, I've had those moments too, Amberly. I have had those moments with things being edited or taking out of, taken out of context. And then you have, oh yes. Oh yes. I had a, a spread in the New York post and, and the young lady that wrote it, God bless her heart. She she took a lot of liberty with editing things and it made it sound like I got over my, my financial loss by doing the most ridiculous things. And that was not the case. I gave her probably 10 things and she put three in there. One had to do with my hair and it was like positive thinking. It was like, so <laughs> it was like a fraction of what we spent yeah. time talking about. And so I totally understand. And Back to when you said that women need to use our voices. This is what I teach in my Command the Stage program. One of the things that I've learned is that I will tell my story. I will tell my story. I will create opportunities to share my story so that other people cannot weaponize it against me. Yes. Right? So if I create my narrative and just I'm like willing to be transparent and authentic and be like, this is the story and these are the lessons, it can always be refuted. And so I still do tons of media. I still do a lot of interviews, but through the podcast or through social media or through different, you know, my speaking engagements, I tell my story. So there is all, there's a million different impressions of me yeah. telling my story so that no one else can ever define my experience for me. No, I, I know what I experienced. I know what, what is, 
So I don't deal with the, I don't allow myself to get absorbed anymore in the chatter of what ifs, you know, what you choose to believe about me is your business, but I know who I am yeah. and why I do what I do. And that's, that's what I stay rooted in. But Amberly, I could talk to you all day. Like, oh my right. gosh. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm going to get to talk to you. And I want to talk to you about every, all the exciting things you're doing. Command the stage too. Um, that's amazing. Um, so I, yeah, we'll have a chance to talk again. And I know I'm Ooh, going on the Green and Grace podcast. I'll be also on Amberly's podcast, you guys. So make sure that you subscribe to Grit and Grace as well. So you can hear the other side of our conversation over on Amberly's podcast. But before I let you go, girl, I have to ask you what we call our rapid wisdom, redefining wealth questions. So I'm gonna ask you three things. Just tell us the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay, it could be scary. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> All right, number one, how do you define success? Uh, happiness. I believe that when we, success to me is uh, being able to do the things that we love uh, for the people that we love and with the people that we love, to me, that is, that's, that's success. Absolutely. Okay, define wealth in three words or less. Health, serenity, and faith, I guess. That's just what came to mind. Yeah, no problem. That's awesome. Okay, uh, what's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? There's so many. I would think The Art of Significance with uh, Dan Clark. Um, but you know what? Also, the book that I'm reading right now with Robin Sharma, I did a speaking event with him years ago, and he... He, I was like very new in the speaking circuit and I'll never forget how kind he was to me. Um, but he's got a book called the everyday hero manifesto. And it, it really talks about how, and this is what I believe that, you know, when you, to me, um, wealth is good health. Mm -hmm. And it's something that if we, you know, we can't really enjoy financial like a lot of money or things property fancy cars big homes if we don't take care of our health and so for me health is like that that's wealth it's freedom it's like just as you know because I've been in a place where I haven't had my health and so yeah. uh, I do my best to really you know protect my health and make sure that I'm you know, clear and can, I'm just grateful. I can walk around and talk to you and cause I've all kind of, but that's a whole other story, but yeah, <laughs> but so, those two books. Good. Okay. So fill in the blanks. You kind of said some of it, but fill in the blanks. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. Okay. My name is Amberly and the truth about wealth is uh, taking care of our health is the biggest wealth and having Yes. Amberly, how can we follow you in social media in particular? Come get acquainted with everything you have going on. Oh my goodness. I love when people reach out to me and they say, Hey, I heard you on Patrice's show. So <laughs> you know what? Reach out on Instagram at Amberly Lago Motivation. And in fact, if you tag me, I'll share it in my story that, you know, I was here on this amazing podcast. Um, Amberlylago.com is where you can find my book listen to the podcast or find out about the mastermind or any other thing. And you know what, if you really want to be resilient, they can text me at 818-214-7378. Just text the word grit, just because we've talked about that a lot today. And I have my pacer written out in a way that they can, you know, your listeners can strategically use that for any challenge they might be going through. So also that's me texting back. So people go, is this a robot? And I'm like, no, it's automated when you text the word grit, but then that's really me checking the messages. So I love it. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that you guys. So, um, text, 
connect, engage, tag, do all the things. You're going to love Amberly, and I love watching her dance and do her thing as well. She didn't tell you that you will get dance moves if you follow her on Instagram as well. This has been absolutely amazing, and I think one of my, my biggest takeaways today is, yes, about the resilience, but also just about accepting our scars like accepting our scars and knowing that whatever we've experienced, it's a part of leading us to our purpose. Like nothing that we have experienced happened just because. Um, Amberly, I know one of the quotes that I've seen um, from you is obstacles don't block the path, they are the path. And I am so grateful today, I can say that I am grateful for many of the obstacles that I've seen in my life. I had no idea before going through my you know, different ups and downs that this could even be my life, you know, that I could have an opportunity to spend my days meeting amazing women like you on the stage and interviewing amazing people like you on this podcast. And so I don't know what you're going through, um, but I do pray that you get the grit and grace to keep moving forward and to know that you're not the first, you're not the last, you're not alone. There is so much that you can continue to do to build that grit. And I am so grateful to have you as a purpose chaser and a member of this community. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, to find fulfillment, and to earn more without ever chasing money. We'll talk to you later.